Good morning, and welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and it is a very warm uh, March day. Uh, I want to say it's something like March 21st, 22nd. Ooh, maybe my dad's birthday. Well, Dad, I know you're not listening to this, but happy birthday nonetheless. Uh... Yeah, this is one of those days where I start the recording before I even know what I'm going to talk about, um, so I'll have to find my way to a topic. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of how I do. Um, that's kind of the point of this, I guess. <clears throat> uh, man, I woke up in the middle of the night. And I felt like I had needles in my eyeballs, uh, or actually right in the corner of my eye, you know, the corner closest to the nose. Uh, I have allergies and eye allergies uh, at that. And and, uh, sometimes uh, my eyes get really itchy and I've had a little pain there before, but nothing this intense, especially in the middle of the night. So I woke up around three something and I thought I had a, some kind of a sliver of steel in my, you know, stuck in my eye or something like that. Um, but after a few minutes, the pain subsided and I was able to, to get some relief without doing much. But, you know, um, it was bad. I'm still kind of feeling my eyes are a little painful, but yeah, I don't like, I don't like this allergy season, but I feel like it's I feel like we're getting close to the end of it, which would be great. <clears throat> I feel like we're starting to come out of the woods a little bit. The colors are a little, le- the, the trees are a little less brown, a little more green. Uh, and that's, that's always the case when the cedars start to turn green, that their uh, pollen, of course, is all released. Tell you what, it's been a bad year for it, for sure. Uh, yesterday, my friend Pat, who you guys know, came over and uh, helped me with the uh, roof on my deck. Thanks a lot, Pat. You are uh, best friend a guy could ask for. Um, and we got the roof all done. Thank goodness. So the roof's put on my deck. Uh, now we're on to the railing and some steps and things like that. But anyway, it's, it's useful at this point. Um, useful and, and nice and shady. It should be great for the spring and summer. Oh, that was great. A couple of weeks ago we talked about deconstruction and how I, you know, before I could, you know, get the deck to where I wanted it, I had to kind of take it apart, make repairs, uh, make some adjustments, and even some improvements um, while I was there uh, so that it would um, be even better than it was before, not just restoring it to its to its original uh, usefulness, but you know, trying to, to make it even better, to improve it. So, so 
so far been able to do that. One thing I noticed that even though I deconstructed it and I've been reconstructing it, reconstructing it, you know, these 10 years later, so I'm a presumably 10 years more mature with, with 10 years more experience than when I built it the first time. So I'm able to build it better this time. But I'm still noticing. As I'm building and making improvements, I'm still noticing mistakes or weaknesses in my, uh, in my uh, structure. Right? For example, yesterday... <clears throat> Pat and I had to be up on the uh, up on top of the structure to get the roof on, right? We put a, a steel roof on the top, and you know we were both up there at the same time. It was either Pat or me. But after Pat left, I noticed that the roof was drooping in the middle. That my my middle beam was not rigid enough. To, I I I, I'm, I assume not rigid enough to hold the weight uh, that was on there when we were up on the roof, or the weight of the roof itself that it may droop over time. And so I have to now devise a plan to better support the beam uh, on the uh, posts. Right. So I've got to I've got to think about that. That's going to be a real concern uh, here on out. Is getting the uh, yeah getting the beams to support the posts, and I'll probably wait till my friend Cam gets here, who's a carpenter who can really help me on that. Um, he can make some he makes more precise cuts than I do, and so I'll probably help ask his help on that. But even if I even as I'm uh, reconstructing, even from a better place, I'm still noticing, uh, you know, places where I can improve as I'm constructing, right? I may, maybe this time I'm a little bit more aware because, you know, the first time, uh, the first time I built it, it wasn't perfect. So I've, you know, so maybe this time I, I, I'm building it from a little bit more realistic of a, uh, point of view. You know, I know, I know what it, I know the things that I build will decay. You know, I know what that looks like and I know what it takes to fix decay. Uh, so I suppose, you know, in a sense that's a positive. Um, and then, you know, knowing, being humble enough to know that there's somebody else that can solve that problem better than I can, who's better equipped has uh, better training or whatever uh, and so yeah so instead of trying to just fix it myself I'll probably ask my friend for some advice and maybe some help <coughs> excuse me sorry Oh, and by the way, this is totally off the subject. I'm recording on a new iPhone. 
uh, I always record on my iPhone. Uh, I think I probably started this podcast about the time I got my iPhone 6S, maybe. And I think about the time I got my 6S, they were already coming out with 7. So I may have gotten a little better deal on it. Uh, so I just upgraded from an iPhone 6S to an iPhone 10R, which is the, the cheaper of the iPhone 10s, I believe. Uh, but I like it. It's a great phone, takes good pictures, and we'll see how it, how it records. This is its maiden recording voyage. Um, but certainly the battery should be more dependable. My my battery on the 6S was was uh, very weak, very weak. And one of the things that prompted, prompted me to finally uh, go ahead and bite the bullet and get a new phone was uh, that my the battery case that I had been using also kind of uh, stopped working. So it was, seemed like good timing to uh, go ahead and upgrade. <laughs> Man, they've gotten expensive. Didn't make doesn't make me happy, but anyway. It is what it is. Uh so yeah, uh the more you become attuned to the disciplines of construction destruction, the rhythms of that. I think the 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 f- more effective and the quicker you can get out of bad situations, right? You can, uh, bat- and, and of course now now I'm back to the kind of spiritual idea of the things you believe, right? Uh, constructing and, and reconstructing the things you believe. Um, a lot of us were, you know, in our first cycle of deconstruction, we were in. Uh, we were stuck in a rut for the longest period of time. And, and after that, after we kind of realized that that there is such thing as construction deconstruction, and that it's good for us to revisit our beliefs and to uh, reevaluate them from time to time to make sure that the reasons uh, we believed in the first place are still there. Um, and to hopefully get closer to the truth in that process, right? Uh, so the the more after doing it once, I think your cycles of construction reconstruction will come more frequently. They will become part of the rhythm of your spiritual walk. Where whereas at first, probably your first set of values and beliefs were were quite set in stone uh, now because you realize that that uh, you were indeed vulnerable to to half truths or, or, or lies or, or whatever you want to call them in the first place now you know to, to be careful what you believe uh, and, to, and to hold a little bit more lightly uh, your beliefs right to, to be a little bit more humble, uh, a, a little bit less uh, 
uh, as uh, Boyd would say, a little bit less certain, right? Uh, and I think that's a wonderful process. And I think once you get into, uh, once you face the realization that what you believe may not be true, uh, then you are truly open to greater and greater truths, I think. Um, and so, you know, even as I, even as I uh, reconstruct my deck, uh, I'm seeing where I've made some mistakes. I've, I've underestimated or overestimated uh, the capacity of this beam, for example. And now I know that it's going to need some support, right? It's going to need some kind of uh, some kind of extra structure uh, to to help it to do what I need it to do, right? So my first belief that that beam would be enough was wrong, right? The, I underestimated the amount of weight that would be on top of the roof, uh, and so I need to adjust accordingly. Now I could have looked at that, the line of the roof all day long and said, oh, it's not sagging, it's not sagging, and just been in denial about the fact that it was sagging. Uh, but when I saw it right away, you know, I was pretty, uh, pretty ready to figure out how to fix that, right? Uh, as opposed to just seeing how far it'll sag or, you know, maybe, maybe it won't sag too far. Maybe it'll be fine. You know, kind of, uh, I could have been like that. So yeah, that's where I am, uh, with the roof, uh, of my deck as, as, uh, well as spiritually, I think, you know, the, the things I used to believe, for example, God is in control. That was a hard one to fall. Right, that was a that was a very difficult one to fall, and it's been replaced with. Uh, God knows best, but He wants to partner with us. All right, God knows best, but His nature is to influence us to join in His work. Right, and to work together for a better world. Right together for, for a better world for others. And that, that's, that's kind of the, the belief that's changed or that's taken the place of God is in control. But, but perhaps there will be other uh, adjustments or nuances or, or maybe that, I, that one will be completely destroyed and replaced with something else. Uh, but the fact that I know that my first assumption that God is in control was wrong, now I realize that my assumptions can be wrong and I can hold more lightly and be more humble about the things that I believe or the values that I hold. <clears throat> I hope. I hope that's the case. Um, the real enemy here is not is not having or not having the truth. The real enemy here is being certain and being uh, proud and arrogant about what you believe. That's that's the that's the enemy we want to uh, defeat and or avoid altogether um, being proud about what we know or we think we know um yeah 
something that uh, Boyd calls the tyranny of certainty, right? The tyranny of certainty. Uh, good, 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 good stuff, good stuff. Um, so how is your, you know, deconstruction going? Uh, I talked about, you know, another, one of the things that, that fell uh, was the idea that God is in control, and I don't believe that because I believe, as Brad Jerzak taught in his book, A More Christ-Like God, uh, that God's nature is not a controlling nature. It's a, it's a collaborative nature. God at his core is a collaborator, right? He works together with others, right? That's his, he works in community. That, that's his modus operandi. Uh, and so that, that has fallen. Uh, another one that, that has fallen is that uh, the Bible is, is inerrant or infallible, right? Uh, people call it perfect. Uh, people call it authoritative. Uh, there's a lot of uh, adjectives we use for the Bible. But none of those do I any longer believe. I don't believe that the Bible has authority. I don't believe that the Bible is inerrant or infallible. And I don't believe that it is perfect or authoritative. Right? I think I said that twice. Um, what I do believe <clears throat> is that the Bible is probably the best and most beautiful collection of books ever written. And that they can point you to Jesus. Uh, that God did inspire the writers who wrote the books. Uh, and I would say that I think they made honest attempts at describing what they experienced or saw. Right? I'll say that. All of those things I can still believe about the Bible, right? And I can still say that it's probably the best collection of books uh, when it comes to pointing us to Jesus, or pointing us to the Christ, as uh, Rohr talks about, the eternal Christ. Um, but uh, I don't have, to, it doesn't have to be inerrant or perfect or authoritative, uh, or any of those things, uh, for it still to be my favorite book on the planet. Right? The holiest book, even perhaps, I might have that opinion. Uh, I can still think that, and allow for it to have misconceptions about God conceptions about events, for it to have myth, uh, an allegory, uh, so that it doesn't have to be word for word out of the mouth of God in order to be effective in why it was compiled, right? Jesus talks about at least the Torah, you know, G Jesus says, that 
the mistake is in trying to search the Bible to find eternal life. That's the mistake. The Bible does not give you eternal life. Right? The Torah, and he's talking about the Torah, but I think he would he would say it's the entire book. The book itself does not give you eternal life. The book is a map. And the map points to Jesus. Jesus is the giver eternal of eternal life. Jesus is in him is found salvation and acceptance and uh, everything good is found in the person of Jesus in the Christ not in a book now the book may tell us about him but it tells us about him with the purpose of pointing us to him introducing us to him not taking the place of him. Uh, and and that's where evangelicalism and fundamentalism have gone awry. They have replaced the living Christ with a book made of paper and glue and ink. They have re replaced a living God with a dead book. very good book, a great book, a wonderful book, maybe even a miraculous book, but a book nonetheless. Uh, that was a huge deconstruction for me because I grew up worshiping the Bible. I was taught to worship the Bible, right? Every word, uh, every dot and tittle, right? I think that's the wrong terminology, but <laughs> dot and tittle I remember uh, that every single stroke oh, excuse me every single stroke of the pen uh, was you know, was holy it was uh, was not to be touched was not to be doubted was not to be questioned uh, was to simply be obeyed uh, and that's it and in doing so by obeying you know, the Bible to the letter, uh, you might be one of the lucky ones to find salvation kind of thing. Yeah. So, that's gone from me. Uh, that notion. And, and good riddance for that one. Uh, and the thing is, once, once that, once that fell for me, uh, Jesus began to shine even brighter. You know, it kind of makes you fall on your knees to realize that God is as good as you always needed Him to be. God is as good as you always needed Him to be. He's not... He's not... Uh, I was reading yesterday, or listening yesterday to... Uh, He's not the short-tempered father who arbitrarily punishes for silly things, uh, who's only you know, always looking for a reason to thrash us. Right? He's not that guy. Uh, and now I realize that 
people were describing what they saw and making assumptions about God when they were writing the Old Testament especially. Um, and that they were only, you know, honest, honest uh, assumptions. But that doesn't mean they were true. Right? The truth is found in Jesus. The truth is found when Jesus came to earth and finally showed us once and for all who God is by the way he lived his life, uh, by the way he loved people, all people, no matter what they believed, no matter what they did, uh, no matter what sex or gender, uh, the same thing, uh, no matter what, he loved them. Uh, and he didn't judge them and he didn't condemn them for the things they did uh, or the things they said or the things they believed uh, he just showed them who God is right? he said if you've seen me you've seen the Father I and the Father are one I only do what I see my Father doing in other words uh, Jesus was copying God in what he did and what did he do he healed people. He accepted people. He fed people. He gave people hope. He gave people a home. He gave people forgiveness. Unconditional love. He was never violent against people. Uh, and so, th you know, this is kind of a big deal. Uh, the fact that Jesus never killed anybody. And Jesus never killed anybody on earth. And yet he says he only does what he sees his father doing. Then that means father also never kills. And if that's the case, you have to start doing some deconstructing with your beliefs on what the Bible is. And ironically, all of these things were found in the Bible. <clears throat> but I will, I will readily admit that right now, uh, my current belief is that the Gospels are far more valuable in understanding who God is than any other books. Far more valuable. And in fact, Jesus is the key to understanding the Gospels, and the Gospels are the key to understanding the Old and the New Testament, and indeed the universe understanding who God is. I keep coming back to this, guys. I'm sorry I'm repeating myself. But understanding who God is, who He really is, and who He's not, right? Being able to, to sort through the lies we've been told about God. Unintentional that they were, lies nonetheless. Uh, you know, that's that's... That's the job. That's the game. Game, set, match. If you've done that, you're there. You know, you've, you've discovered the character of God. And therefore, you've discovered complete grace. Not just for you, but for, for the militant Muslim. Uh, for the prostitute. Uh, for the immigrant and the outcast. Uh, for the prisoner, for the murderer, 
you've discovered that grace is freely given to all. And you either accept that or you don't. Um, but even if you don't accept it, you still have it. <laughs> uh, that's the beauty of it. You don't have to think like Christ or to believe like Christ to receive all of the good that he's promised the world. And that's scandalous. That is a big scandal to know that the people who think they are the best in the world, who are the, the holiest, the people with the least sin, uh, I don't think right now, this is my current belief, I don't I don't think there's there's gonna be a difference uh, when it's all said and done. Now in this world there's a huge difference. There's a great there's a great advantage uh, to living like Christ now, and that is you get to be the conduit through which he brings healing to the world. Right? The world will benefit because you uh, follow Christ now. Right? When you follow Christ, you bring heaven to your context. You bring the reconciliation of the physical and the spiritual realms. Right? You bring forgiveness and, and healing and, and uh, fixing the brokenness. That's, that's what it means to follow Christ. You get to be Christ to everybody here and now in your context. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, deconstruction needs to become a rhythm in your life. Construction and deconstruction. It needs to become a rhythm because when it's all said and done, we're still trying to comprehend the divine through a veil or as Paul says, uh, uh, looking through a glass darkly. Right? We're still trying to make sense of this uh, this divinity and, 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 and this cosmos, right? We're trying to, to make sense of it with limited time, limited understanding, uh, limited knowledge, uh, limited wisdom, limited everything. And so whatever I think I know today is still only a shadow of the truth. I think there can be absolute truths, right? I think I can say with confidence that that Jesus is love, that God is love, and that God only has love uh, for all of creation. That God only has love for all of creation. Everything he's created, he loves and is good. Right? At its core, it's good. Because that's how he made it. Uh, so, you know, there... It's not that you can't have any solid truths. But I think everything, in a sense, has to be on the chopping block to keep you humble, right? To keep you humble. Um, 
moving like Jesus did. Doubts are good. Jesus had doubts, right? Uh, I think Jesus' humanity was much stronger than we realize, and that sometimes it was at odds with his divinity. And, you know, that's okay. That, that shows that he, uh, like us, are struggling with our humanity versus our divinity. And yes, I said our divinity. And the reason is we have Christ in us. Christ is in his creation. And because Christ is in his creation, that means you are, you are divine to a certain extent. And to the extent in which you... Uh, you recognize Christ in others and in yourself, I think you you become more in tune to that divinity in yourself, to the to to the divine in you. The indwelling, if you if you want to say it, of the Holy Spirit. Um, Christ has inhabited his creation. Uh and so, you know, I pray that you will continue to see Christ in others as well as Christ in yourself. Um, and realize that no matter what, Christ will work out his purposes in you. Right? Um, he's, he's committed to you. He's, he's not going to give up on you. like the song, you know, say something, I've given up on you. <laughs> Sound like that song. Uh, he hasn't given up on us, and he never will, no matter what you've done, no matter what you do, no matter what you will do, no matter what the last thing you do in this life, no matter what it is, hasn't and will never give up on you. Uh, and that's good news. Uh, and that's because there's Christ in you. Christ, Christ is in his, in his creation. Don't doubt it. <laughs> okay. Doubt it if you want to doubt it. Doubts are good. I just said that, right? Uh, be humble about what you believe. But of course, there are going to be, as you construct, and if you do it honestly, and you do it, you know, like I said, making a rhythm of your life, I think you will get closer and closer to the truth. Closer and closer to the eternal. And I think I'm going to leave it there for today. Uh... Thanks for joining me. Hope this wasn't too scatterbrained uh, or too repetitive. I know I, I tend to repeat myself, uh, but it helps me. It helps me, you know, looking at looking how things connect and, and uh, you know eventually come together. Um, it, it helps me to think out things this way. Uh, in a sense, I think I. By the repetition, you kind of see where my core beliefs are heading. Uh, 
you know, the, the innermost structure of what I believe, at the least. Uh, and hopefully that will encourage you to discover the same in yourself. Uh, so I just want to say that I acknowledge that Christ is in you and in the world. Uh, and that He uh, is working it all out and won't give up on us. And I'm glad for that. Thanks. Bye-bye.